0: So, we're actually working with the energies that surround us, not in a victim way, but in an empowering way to realize, oh, I can co create with these energies. Like, I'm a part of this. We're all connected.
1: Yeah. Hey, Sarah Marie Thompson here from Wild and Creative. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here because we are going to be diving into fun ways to increase your personal power and everyday magic on every single episode. Hello, everybody. I am here with Kara Malendi, and Kara is an astrologer certified in the Catholic Records and also a goddess mentor. And our conversation today, I'm sure, is going to be filled with many different metaphysical topics and tricks and tips and techniques. And I'm so excited to be chatting with Kara.
0: Yes, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, Sarah. This will be fun for sure. We have lots of lots of good things we
1: can discuss. Let's dive right into intuition because I feel like intuition is such a huge part of life. It's always been a huge part of life, but right now and I and this has been going on for a couple years especially online but I feel like it is such a glorified part of running a business now what are your what's your thoughts on that like what like it's always been around it's always been around for you right I feel like it's always been around for me but but what is your feelings on that how it's kind of becoming so so commercialized in a sense
0: Oh, yeah, it's so interesting. And I've noticed that as well. And I'm definitely, I've always been like extremely intuitive. I'm sure like a lot of the women in your community probably the same, just like highly sensitive, empathic, very in touch with like their intuition. And when I initially opened my business, and maybe it was just some of the mentors I was seeking, but I found a lot of it, they didn't acknowledge intuition at that time. And this was more, this was about five years ago when I initially launched. And it It was very much like strategies, um, the funnels that you need, like follow these steps to have a successful business. And like you said, now I'm really seeing there is more of this focus on intuition suddenly. And I think it's because more people are stepping up into this field and they're becoming coaches and they're sharing their healing work. Like collectively, I feel there's a shift that's happening where we're really being called to step up and share our gifts on a larger scale. And I think people are realizing that these strategies that I've been taught or these trainings that I've taken that told me like, by step approach just isn't working for me and that's where the intuition is coming in because we're starting to realize if I'm not aligned with something it's not going to work. So it may have worked for someone else because they were in alignment with it and it was right for them. But it's kind of this idea now that the one fit isn't going to be for everyone. So I think it's a really good thing that intuition is coming in because it's taking us back to our own wisdom and what we know is right for us. So not that the the strategies and the systems don't have a place because I feel of course we need that to run our business. Like, But we also more importantly need our intuitive guidance and the wisdom within and we need to allow that to guide us to the right mentors for us, to the right systems for us. So I like that that's starting to be infused in and we're bringing our awareness into is, hey, it's not like a one fit for everyone. Like we have to be open and flexible and intuitive in what works for us.
1: It's interesting. You know, one of my very first businesses, you know, kind of right out of the gate, probably early 20s, I... Can look back and say I was doing something that I really really loved, but I wasn't using my intuition properly. So I've always mm-hmm. been somebody that's that's had very strong intuition. But I think you know when you're young and you're excited and you're you know excited about having a new business and you want to uh, you know really really get out there and you want to do work for everybody and that kind of thing, you also can be a little bit fogged with <laughs> fogged over with excitement. You know, not really knowing you know, how to use your intuition properly and that kind of thing. So, for example, um, you know, I would always attract wrong clients. I would always, um, not always, but, you know, I would attract, you know, issues or things like that within my business that if I had used my intuition properly and been like, you know what, I don't feel good about working with that person. Or although this is going to bring me a lot of money in this case, I have a really bad feeling about it. You know what I mean? Like, so we kind of go, we we go past our intuition in so many ways when we're starting out. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people do as well when they're starting something new and they're not fully understanding how to understand their body's signals and messages and that kind of thing, right? So, I mean, what was it like for you when you first started kind of maybe, I don't know, whatever your first career was, were you feeling very tuned in and tapped in and felt like you knew all the right answers?
0: Yeah, well that's interesting because I like I am so intuitive, but I definitely put it aside a lot, especially when I was stepping into this field. Like I started out working as a psychotherapist with my background in counseling and stepped up pretty like early on to have my own practice and it definitely like struggled to get clients because I had no idea the business side of it. Like I knew how to help people. I didn't know the business portion and then I had a ton of insecurities and a ton of fears. So that's why I was turning like outside of me looking for some of these answers, which helped in a lot of ways because I needed the skills, I needed the strategies, but often I would try to do things that I no didn't feel right or didn't feel aligned because a mentor or coach recommended it or because someone else was doing it. So I pushed my intuition down and even though it didn't feel aligned, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I have to do this. It worked for them. And of course I wasn't getting results because it didn't light me up and it didn't feel right for me and I wasn't working in my zone of genius. I was trying to do what... What maybe work for someone else? So I definitely like resonate with what you're saying, Sarah. Of just like pushing it aside, and I think especially when we're insecure, we're entering like a, a new industry. Like we tend to neglect that intuition, right? We we push it aside. So it's really been a journey for me of like getting back to that trusting that I can follow it. And the more that I reconnect and like realign with my intuition, the more I see that expansion in my business and in all areas of life, like just being guided to the right people, the right situations. And of course it's still a journey. Like I'm not doing, definitely not doing this perfectly all the time. It's a journey each day to say, okay, I have to trust that I have this within me. I have this guidance system. Like we all have this guidance system and a lot of it is trusting it and learning to really cultivate that again. Because we tend to neglect it. And like early on in life, I think we're kind of trained away from, like you had mentioned, listening to our body cues. Like as simple as when we go to school and we're told you have to eat snack at this time or eat lunch at this time, regardless of whether we're hungry, right? Or you get up at this time, even if you're tired. So we get away from listening to our body. We get away from our natural body rhythms. And it really is like a journey
1: of going back to that, of what we already know and reconnecting with that again. I know that this also comes with time, right? It comes with practice. I remember a few times, you know, over the past, even the past, like, five years where I have thought to myself, okay, this feels really good. I feel like in alignment with this. Yet, it took some time for me to kind of soak in the experience and realize, actually, I don't think it's 100% in alignment. I'm going to kind of move in a little bit of a different direction again with this or with that, right? Can you, do you have a couple experiences or even one experience that you've had over the past, maybe even five years where that kind of thing has happened where you're like, oh, this feels so good. I'm going to try this. And then after like six months or something, you're like, yeah, it probably didn't work out as best because I can see now that that wasn't the answer.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And and I think it's always changing. Like I know for myself, it's always changing. Like again, I started out in the counseling realm because I always wanted to help people. And that was just kind of the route that I knew how to go. Right. That was mainstream. So if I had known as a kid that, oh, like you could be certified in the records, you can be an astrologer. Like, you, I think even then I probably would have chosen that, but it wasn't like a mainstream thing. So, you know, I did the best I could knowing how, like, how to work with people at that time. So my business has definitely evolved over time and more and more it feels like it's evolving into a place that's in alignment with me so I think that does take time and it is important that we take action on that because I know for me at first because alignment and being authentic is so important to me but I was trying to figure it all out just without taking action I'm like oh I don't know if I want to launch this or because it just doesn't feel completely right but also what I learned that it's only through taking action and trying those different programs trying those different strategies that I see what works and one doesn't. So it is important to take action on that. And again, like that's how the evolution came about where I went from doing the counseling to then, um, you know, mentoring other entrepreneurs in marketing to now working more with manifestation and like attracting soulmate clients, but also just aligning with what you desire, learning how to co-create like with the power that surrounds you. So it's evolving over time as I evolve as well. So it's important to take action and also trust that what you're doing today probably isn't gonna resonate. Maybe even six months from now, and that's okay because we are always learning and growing, and our business has to evolve along with that. Like it, it has to to be a reflection of us and feel in alignment. So it's okay, right? That's something that you may have done in the past wasn't in alignment, and it's just always checking in, looking at your values, looking at your goals, and definitely remembering that key piece to take action because honestly, that's that's what helps you kind of sort. Through the fog and get the clarity is just taking action because then you get more feedback and you see, oh, this worked really well and I really enjoyed that. So you, you have to kind of play around a little bit to really find what works for you.
1: So even if we look back, say, like 30, 35, 40 years, the type of people that were in the workforce, right, they were not, I'm, I'm going to just assume that a majority of them were not really using their intuition for work, right? They were working for somebody else. Um, it was very, you know, You do the checklist at work, what you were saying before, right, you know, eat at this time, do this at this time, leave at this time, not really allowing themselves to have a business or a career that really allowed them to follow their intuitive guidance in any way, right, and now it's so unbelievably different, like there's so many options people have, and so much more freedom, Um, and It's just really an interesting thing and a really, really beautiful thing. Um, What was it like for you when you were growing up? Like the people around you, maybe the parents or the authoritative figures, like what were they doing for work? Like, was there anybody specifically that you can say, oh, I was like really looking up to that person and it kind of, you know, guided me into what I'm doing now? Or did you just kind of like fall into what you're doing now just sporadically and, you know, it worked out? yeah
0: i i had to kind of find my own way with that because i didn't have a lot of entrepreneurs really in my close circle um i mean both my parents in a way are kind of entrepreneurial but they also worked at jobs they kind of jumped around jobs like a very creative probably and how they're bringing in money and what they were doing. So it was interesting though, but there was almost probably a sense of like instability there as well. And then the one person that I did know in my, in my life who was my aunt, who was very extremely successful running her own business and was kind of known throughout the family as being very successful and at a young age starting, starting her business. But she also was known to like not be the nicest person I, like people <laughs> talk or gossip about some of our strategies. So I think I grew up seeing that as well. Like, Oh, being really successful means people aren't necessarily going to like you. Yeah. So I, and I didn't, think much of that until I started venturing into the space myself and working through my limiting beliefs and fears that I realized oh I think that played a part in blocking me when I first started out and it's something I still have to be aware of like how am I defining success and is that still blocking me that belief that if I'm successful it means people are going to gossip about me or they're not going to like me or a big one for me was that it has I to look a certain way like to be successful especially like in the coaching industry in the online space you have to be really loud you have to be really extroverted so I would look at all that and say that wasn't me so for a long time I think there was that division of this is what success looks like this is who I am how are they going to align and really starting to define well what is success for me and realizing that the more I embrace my unique gifts that's really where I can be of help to people mm-hmm. and that it can look in so many different ways. So. It was neat, yeah. It's kind of been my own journey of exploring and stepping into the space and paving the way, but I feel like I came into this lifetime like with a strong sense of purpose and mission of like spreading this love, spreading this light, and helping people recognizing the powers that they have within them to create a life that they love. So I feel like even though I didn't maybe have a lot of role models in my life who were in that space, I came in so strongly with that intention that I, I knew <laughs> like i just had to follow that calling right and really pursue
1: that you really do have to figure out like what is that picture of success for me because sometimes like honestly like people could hear that word success and it's exciting and yet it also has an icky feeling to them because of whatever they've been taught or shown or what have you right so again you know if anybody's going through that right now where they're not able to maybe advance as much or, or excel as much i would definitely take a you know, get them to take a peek at what does that really look like? Like, what is the success picture, right? And um, because the success picture has to feel really, really good to you, or else there's going to be a part of you that's always going to be repelling it, right? Mm -hmm. I know that for me growing up, you know, when I heard the word success, I would just often think of, you know, somebody in... Uh, you know a black suit, climbing the corporate ladder, you know very kind of like New York whatever right like that was kind of like the idea that I had in my head, and that was also like the picture that was kind of painted for me you know throughout school all that kind of thing and so when I was kind of striving for success when after after high school and all that kind of stuff going into my first business, I really did idolize a lot of those a lot of those people and um, that type of personality that you know was in the suit like climbing the corporate ladder and high heels you know all that kind of thing and and it wasn't until I really kind of like sat with it years later and I was like, that's so not me. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm so kind of like, I mean, I love the country. I love like nature. I love, you know, spending time outside. Um, you know, of course, there is a little bit of that in me, but also I just love to be creative. And then I really started to idolize, you know, women that were in their studios you know just like painting or like whatever they were creating and then the whole idea of success really really shifted for me and that was very very interesting so I realized that all along you know I just really really resonated with someone that was you know creating from their heart and not really showing up in a certain way right aka the black suit (laughs) Yeah, I love
0: that. And I think that's a journey we all have to take and really define what is success and what's that picture that I have of success and does it align with what I desire.
1: Can you give us some examples or even like a really awesome technique that you use that can help people really amplify their intuition if they're feeling as though, yeah, I kind of I kind of get what it is, like I do have feelings about different things, but I don't trust it yet, or else mm-hmm. I I am not, um, you know, fully confident in making decisions based on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it really is a journey of coming back and being able to, like, cultivate that trust again. Because we do, like, when we come into this physical body, we're all given that inner guidance system. So it's learning to trust that again. And what can be really helpful is just trusting it day-to-day on little things. Like, what do I eat for breakfast today? What do I wear today? What route do I take on the way home? Like, it doesn't need to start with huge decisions. It can be little things. And the more that you practice, the more that you build that trust. And it really is having that follow through. Because if you neglect your intuition, it's because often like what we know logically and then what our intuition is saying, they can be two separate things. So we're like, I really have this calling, you know, to contact this person or to move forward, take this move or take this job or take this leap of faith in my business, but it doesn't line up in some other way, right? Like when we look at it logically. So it's only through practicing, like following our heart, following our intuition that we strengthen that. And also just learning to be present and grounded in the moment because that's what intuition speaks to us. And like a question that I often get from people is how do I know the difference between ego and intuition or fear and intuition? And we really need to be present in order to know the difference because fear often comes like our inner critic, or it's beliefs from the past, limiting beliefs that are coming up and influencing us in the presence. But intuition really is that expansive space of love and gratitude and just being called towards something. And we can only really hear it when we are being present and when we are grounded and when we practice silence, right? When we practice being in the moment. And definitely like it is a practice. It's not like, you know, I don't want people to listen and say, oh, my mind's too busy. I can't be silent or I can never be in the present moment, like it is a practice to learn how to do that. And even just setting the intention, like I'm going to be more grounded. I'm going to be present five to 10 minutes a day. I'm going to start a silence practice. Those are all ways that you can start to cultivate your intuition and your inner knowing. And of course, following through when you get that feeling to take action, even if it doesn't logically make sense, like trust that there's a reason you're being called toward that
1: most of us are so on autopilot, right? Like throughout the day, like so many people on their way to work or are, are listening to the same thing. They're going through the same um, coffee, Starbucks drive through they're ordering the same drink, all that kind of thing. And so from what you were saying, just like start with the little things, right? That kind of reminded me of like, you know what, if you get the exact same coffee every single day, even just like ask yourself as you're pulling up to, as you're pulling up to the, uh, the drive through and just be like, Is that what I really want today? And honestly, if you give yourself the opportunity to ask that question and just trust the answer that you're going to get, chances are you might not want the same thing, right? So, I mean, that's just like such a little thing that I thought of. But again, perfect example of just starting really small, right? Food is really, really important. I mean, I think that we, we get on autopilot too with different foods that we eat and that kind of thing. And if you just really sit and ask yourself, like, what do I really feel like right now? like chances are you might actually feel like a healthier version of something that, that you just eat regularly. Right. So I
0: love that. Yeah. We get stuck in these patterns and we go on autopilot and we don't really stop to ask, is this serving me anymore? Is this even what I want? And we're just stuck in that cycle. So yeah, just checking in and asking. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah.
1: So on the topic of fear versus intuition, I used to travel all the time for one of my old jobs. And, um, I'm not the best, like, traveler alone. Like you know, my mind wanders, all that kind of stuff. Get a little bit nervous about different things, and uh, it's it's interesting because as I would sit on the plane a lot, I would kind of get start to get anxious, and I'd have to ask myself, okay, is this into an intuitive um, thought or idea that I'm having, or? I would think, you know, am I feeling really anxious or am I picking up on people's, you know, junk that they've left behind and like on the seat, like their energy, their thoughts or emotions, or is this fear? And I'd have to honestly kind of look at how my body was reacting. I'd be like, hey, are my shoulders like turning inwards? Am I like getting really, <laughs> am I starting to breathe really, really hard? Or, you know, is my mind racing, all that kind of thing. And when I would finally just ask myself, like, what is this? It would just be kind of a clear and annoying to be like, no, it's just, it's just fear, you know, in that moment. Right. So again, I think people's like, so jump to conclusions within themselves. Right. Or, or that anxiety is just always kind of free flowing with so many people that it's really about, like you said, just kind of taking a moment of silence and saying, where is this really come coming from? Is this actually mine? (laughs) Like That's a question too, right?
0: (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And even just asking that, like, does this belong to me can start to shift it if it's not yours, right? Because if we're an empath, we are picking up on people's energies constantly. And I know that was my journey. Like it wasn't until my early twenties, early to mid twenties, really, where I started to learn what it meant to be an empath and what it meant to be a highly sensitive. And that was even like through studying psychology, like they don't even touch on that that much. Like this was having to look outside of the mainstream to really, realize like wow this is this happens for people and you know they can go through life and not realize like they're carrying anger that isn't there sadness that isn't there so being an empath can have so much power when we know how to use it and when we can use it wisely like it really is like a superpower. But if we we don't and we're not aware of it, it can feel like a burden because we're constantly like an emotional roller coaster of up and down. And we're like, where did this feeling come from? But once we learn how to clear, once we learn how to use that, because anybody who's an empath, they have strong intuition and they have the ability to really connect with other people and understand how they're feeling, like all those beautiful gifts. But it's important to have those boundaries and know, like, when am I picking things up from the environment and like how to clear that or else like if you're a physical empath you can end up getting really sick if you're like taking that on or if you're an emotional empath you can end up feeling very anxious and depressed because you're picking up on things that just aren't even yours they belong to other people
1: so I don't know if this is going to strike a nerve with you at all but for me I feel like everybody online is calling themselves an empath and I just want to say to them like hello, you were always an empath. Like, you don't need to, like, announce it. I feel like it's it's such an interesting thing that people are kind of, like, saying, oh, I'm an empath over here now. Like, it's some, like, magical gift. But they were born with it. Like, everybody is. And so I have always thought, like, for years now that there really is, like, four main points when it comes to intuition and that's mm-hmm. mental in, mental intuitive physical intuitive emotional intuitive and spiritual intuitive mm-hmm. and like you just said you know I'm definitely more of a physical intuitive so I feel like a lot of stuff in my body yeah. Maybe if you know you're at like a crowded space or what have you, kind of maybe leave feeling a little bit lethargic or that kind of thing. Or, you know, you have to be careful too because sometimes what you're feeling in your body might not be yours all the time too, right? So that would be a really like big trait of a, a physical intuitive. Um, but like you were saying, I mean, there's so many ways that people can pick up on things, right? So I want to know before we move on to the next subject, how do you really feel about everybody calling themselves an empath right now? and You know, do you want to just tell them, like, hey girl, you've always been an empath? Yes, yes. And I, and I think it's great
0: that again, people are awakening to that. Like I feel there is an awakening to feeling more comfortable talking about this and maybe being able to put a label on it. Like you said, they always swear, but now they're like, oh, okay, this is a term for it. This is what I am. Um, yeah, so I think it's a good thing in that way that we're stepping up and we're recognizing those gifts, but also just to not um, like alienate ourselves or to separate ourselves through these labels, right? Or to think it's like certain. Sur- to someone else, right? Like we don't want to get into that side of it, but it is good that it's an awakening where people are being more aware now and saying, oh, this makes so much sense and can start to put the pieces of the puzzle together because it's with that awareness we can create change, so when people start to become aware that, oh, I am sensitive, I may be picking up on these energies of other people. Now, just having that awareness alone is enough to shift it. But then I think it kind of, it starts to pave the way to, oh, how do I get grounded then? How can I ground and release this energy? Or opens the door to seeing meditation in, in a new way, or practicing mindfulness in a new way. So once there's that awareness, there's like, oh, well, how can I work with this gift then? How can I really harness this power? And, and I think that's a really
1: good thing. Yeah, that's such a good point. I love how you always have, like, a very soft spin on everything. It's always <laughs> like, you always, like, bring it back to just a very feminine, like, motherly, like, yes, but this is why. Like, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, and so before we were talking uh, today, actually, we were going through all of the clairs, right? Like, the intuitive layers. And um, I'll just like quickly go through them. And then I'd love for you to talk about which ones are, you know, really big in your life and you have felt have been a really big part of your life and your transformation. So obviously there's the clairvoyancy, right? Which is having, you know, those kind of visions and that kind of thing. And then there's clairaudience, which is all about hearing, right? So you might hear different things, right? Have that gift. Um, then there's claircognizance, which is just that clear inner knowing about something. And then there's clairsentience, which is about those sensations or feelings that you might have in your body. A lot of people have that. And then there's um, empathy, which we were kind of talking about earlier about, you know, maybe going into a space and picking up on other people's junk. I guess just picking up on, like, the environment's energy, right? Absolutely. Yep. And then there's Claire Scent, which is about smell, right? And I was talking to you um, a little bit ago about how I kept smelling birthday cake for a couple days. (laughs) Don't know where that was coming from. And then there's Claire Tangency, which is all about touch. So maybe somebody touches something, then they get some information in that sense. And then there's Claire Gustance, which is actually um, a sensation that people get with taste that can actually give them some information. So there's so many ways that people can have these different gifts or or, or different messages and ways that they can come in, which ones have been really, really big for you? Yeah, yeah, it, and there's so many
0: ways to experience intuition, and I love that we're going over this, because people may not even realize, they're like, oh, well, this was my intuition speaking to me, and I had no idea that it could come through in that way, so for me, it's definitely clear cognizance is a big one, just this divine knowing or inner knowing, I would say that is the strongest for me by far, and and it really does, like, to really use that ability, though, I need to be aware that it's instantaneous before my mind comes in right it's like the, the intuition tends to come first but then fears can come up or I can start to second guess it and just something that illustrates that is I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and one of the speakers on there gave a, and I think this is a good exercise I thought oh cool I'm gonna try that so she had recommended like going over to your bookshelf Pick up a book and just hold it and kind of sink into your heart space and see, does that resonate with you? Is that a good energy? So I went over and try, like, tried that exercise, but then what I noticed is that my mind cut in and I'm like, oh, am I doing this right? Or does this really resonate? And like I started overthinking it. And then I realized, like, wait a second, I already know. Like I know instantly if a book resonates with me, if a crystal is the right thing for me, if, if I connect with this person. It's like an instant knowing before our mind jumps in. So that's definitely one that's, that's strong for me. And then the clear sentience as well, which is just that clear feeling. So getting like a gut feeling or butterflies in my stomach, that's that's a big one, just a feeling. And that's very much, I think anyone that has clear sentience is also like clear empath because they're, they're very similar, right? The clear empath is you're picking up on the energy of other people or environment. So those are the strongest for me, but through um, studying the Akashic records and really entering into that space of the records, one of the, um, knowing that I had or like messages I received was that we can develop them all. Like we, you can have them all, but it's kind of scary too. And I realized, well, I actually probably had some blocks around receiving in all these ways because it can be overwhelming. And, um, you may have heard of people as well that like before you kind of harness that power, you're awakening to your gifts. Like you go into a grocery store and you're receiving messages from all these people or you're seeing these visions and it can actually be overwhelming so we can tap into them all but sometimes we we block ourselves and that's not even a bad thing it's because we don't want to receive them all at once but we all have access to develop each of those clairs and each of those ways of like exploring our intuition
1: I remember saying to myself when I was like you know in my teens I was like I want to be really really powerful and really really intuitive but I don't want to see ghosts and I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that like it was like a checklist right I was like telling yeah. myself but like what is my right it's like all of these things come through but not this and then not this yeah. but again it's it's one of those things there is we don't even know like our abilities like we have no idea right and it to be really really open to them all is a little bit overwhelming and scary right like we we don't know what that all entails but I mean I think the thing is too is to always just go into the expansion of your life as really really positive right so again having that intention setting that intention that it's just going to be you know all my experiences with my gifts are going to be really, really positive. Or hopefully, I'm going to see them in a really positive light, right? Or, you know, in times where my intuition is telling me to do something and, you know, it's not fear, but it's like a very strong intuitive nudge to, to make a decision in some way, that it's just going to be trusting. It's just going to be a very calm inner knowing that, you know what, this is the right decision to do. I'm not going to, um, you know, freak out about it. It's just the inner knowing of doing this, right, or doing that.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and then aligning with it too, right? Because some of the fear can come in after. Like, we may trust our intuition, but then our mind comes in, we start second guessing it, or we worry, like, what if it doesn't pan out? So, I think you're right. It's really important to stay in trust and stay in faith and stay stay in alignment, so we don't sabotage it ourselves through
1: worry and second guessing. So, I'd love for you to even dive in. Like, how can we look at in the moon cycles um, when it comes to astrology?
0: Yeah, well, and that really fits right in with intuition as well. I think when we start following the moon phases again, we get back in touch with our own body and our own needs and and our intuitive powers. Like anytime there's a new moon or leading up to a new moon, our intuition is at its highest. So there's 72 hours before a new moon where the moon is in the phase known as the balsamic phase. And at that time, our physical energy tends to be at its lowest, but our intuition is at its highest. So it's really neat that like following, following astrology we can we can really tap into our intuitive abilities as well and especially with the moon cycles and just be able to follow that pattern of new moon setting intentions and taking that time to go within because that's a way to cultivate intuition as well right just taking that time to go within because if you like if you look at the time of a new moon the moon is next to the sun recharging and that's why we can't really see it it's not illuminated right because it's next to the sun it's charging and then if you bring in the astrology of it, you can look at the sign that the moon is in and you get a sense of the energy that it's being charged with. So there can be lots of information around that, too, if you follow the moon cycles, but also the sign that the moon is in. And you get to see how you react to that different energy. Like what I find with people is anytime the moon is in the sign that it's in in their natal chart, so for example, like in my natal chart, my birth chart, my moon is in the sign of Taurus. So anytime the moon moves into Taurus, I always feel that sense of peace and being at home. So it's really cool to follow that as well. And then, of course, there's the full moon. We just had the major. Eclipse, which we have, we have spoke about as well, um, lots of changes and energy like happening around that. So anytime there's a full moon, it's really a time to release what doesn't serve us and kind of see um, what we've been working on come to culmination, come like come to fruition. And it's really an amplifier. The full moon amplifies whatever we're feeling, and that's why often at the time of the full moon, people might feel more emotional, um, they might feel more angry, or they might feel just really help like happy and joyful. Is it does amplify what's ever going on in our world. So yeah, the, the moon, the moon and following that phase really does link into intuition as well and being able to tap into
1: that intuitive power. I have always been really really drawn to like the first like crescent moon. You know what I mean? Like kind of like after a new moon. And I was like, that's just really interesting like that whenever I've um you know seen that in the sky I've just been like, oh, like I just feel like really awesome about it. So I looked and that was actually the exact moon phase that was happening when I was born. Oh, so no way. What, what do you know about that? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, and
0: just knowing like that phase of after a new moon, when it's building up again to the full moon, that really is a time where we start new projects, new beginnings, where we begin to take action again. So that's really neat that you resonate with that and probably came in with like that intention, right? Of just new beginnings, fresh start. And so that's neat that you feel at home with that. Yeah. Cause we can all look, I think online, like you could just type in the time of your birth and see like the phase that the moon was in at that time so it's really neat Um, I know overall like anybody that comes in with a new moon they tend to be pioneers because that's like a start of a new phase a new beginning so it's neat it's kind of a crescent where because the week after a new moon it's like we're slowly building our energy up again and this is where we start to take um steps toward achieving our goals or initiating our intentions that we said at the time of the new moon so that's really cool that you feel that connection and resonate with that
1: there also is that really kind of interesting allure of you know the moon at night it's like the bright light in the darkness right and i think that it's something that you know women can really really relate to of you know whatever they've gone through in their life you know there always is kind of like this magical orb of loveliness you know usually in the sky for them to you know work with or tune into their intuition with or what have you right so yeah of course there's there's such a such a strong feminine connection with the moon and i totally agree you know a lot of women that I talk to about different things or different moon cycles and that kind of thing are so awakening to the idea, right? Or or have always been, but are more coming out talking about it now, right? Anything else about astrology before we go today that you could kind of shed some light on for us? I know we talked about the moon cycles, but possibly you could even touch on retrograde. I know I asked you I have asked you that before. I'm like, what is retrograde like really? <laughs> You <laughs> it all the time. It's like Mercury's in retrograde. This isn't retrograde. But what is it really? And basically, it's when the planet appears
0: to be going backward in the sky. We know it's not actually happened, but it appears to be. And it really is a time to go within. And it depends on the planet that's retrograding as well. I should say that because each of the planets are associated with different archetypes or different energies. But if we're talking about Mercury specifically, Mercury is a planet of information. It's a planet of communication. And that's why it has that rep where people kind of panic. They're like, oh, no, we're in retrograde. There's going to be miscommunication. I might miss my flight. And and those things can kind of go awry during a retrograde. Like those things can happen. We do want to double check our schedule. We do want to give ourselves extra time to go places. But more importantly, the retrogrades are that opportunity to go within and to really check in with ourselves because there's no hiding during a retrograde. Like the ret- if there are, the retrograde kind of brings the shadow into the light. So when we talk about intuition, our intuition can be enhanced during a retrograde if we're seeing that as a time to go within. So to use the example of the mercury retrograde, it could be, you know, do I need better systems and structures in place in my business? Because it's going to become really aware at this time if there's miscommunications or people are missing appointments and like maybe maybe that's just a sign to get a better system in place or to reevaluate this or if I'm late for everything or I'm missing appointments, maybe it's just that sign that what do I need to do to get more in alignment and more organized? So we can really use it to our advantage and it's definitely not a time to panic or to go into victim mode or to go into blame mode. It it happens. And and it's interesting because all the planets take their turn to retrograde, but we, we talk about Mercury retrograde the most, but all
1: the planets are gonna retrograde. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so funny because we hear about it all the time, right? You see like on people's Facebook threads, oh Mercury's in retrograde and everything's going wrong for me and everything like that. And it's it's just kind of another excuse for people to put the power outside of themselves, right? And just be like, you know what, get your shit together. <laughs> just get your shit together a little bit more than normal. You know you know if you know it's coming, it's coming, right? And it's so funny because this is not a new thing. <laughs> like we've been experiencing we've been experiencing it since you were you've been experiencing it since you were born so you know it's only you know in this last little bit i find that people have really been pulling it using it as a card out of their pocket and be like well this is why this is happening for me yeah
0: we don't want to go into victim mode and that can happen right it's almost like oh it's an excuse now and i know i've even joked with people i'm like oh i can blame it on mercury retrograde but of course no (laughs) it's not about that we have control of how we show up how we work with that energy and it's just a part of life and I think it's a sign that, again, we're not always meant to be in action mode. Like when Mars takes its turn to retrograde, which is going to happen this year, um, it, that's a time to kind of slow down. And it's going to be during the summer months where Mars is retrograding. And that's a cue to slow down. So that's where I love you when know, working with these cosmic energies when it comes to manifestation and intuition, because that's really about co-creation, is we're aligning with those energies. And we're using that as a cue to like double check things, double check my schedule or slow down a little bit and go within
1: until next time feel free to check out wildandcreative.com where you can find me as well as a ton of other fun magical creative activities for you to take part in thank you for listening